This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. We've talked a lot on this show about how today's marketers are consumed by data. After all, it's how you get a better picture of who your customers are and how to get a clear understanding of what's working and what isn't across channels. But the real question is, how are you turning all of that data and all of those insights into action that has a measurable effect? Data isn't this thing that you look at every now and then. It's just something that becomes part of your everyday workflow. That's Jay Wilder, the vice president of product marketing for Marketing Cloud at Salesforce. And on this episode of Marketing Trends, Jay dives into some of the ways that he has seen marketers optimizing data recently. He also gives an insider's look at the latest Salesforce state of marketing report, which analyzes the trends that are driving performance in 2021. Jay touches on everything from how the rapid shift to digital impacted consumers' expectations of companies and their behaviors, to how this digital-first world has led to increasingly more complex marketing analytics landscapes. And he explains why the data we have coming in now is not being analyzed and utilized fast enough. Enjoy this episode. This message is brought to you by Salesforce. Hey marketers, today's B2B buyers are more complex than ever, and every buying committee has different needs and goals. Salesforce can help. We'll show you how to put each and every customer at the center of your B2B marketing strategy, and you'll learn how top brands like Lyft approach account-based marketing. Salesforce, market to every account, speak to every buyer. Find free B2B marketing and ABM resources at sfdc.co slash every dash buyer. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends, and today we are joined by special guest, Jay, how are you? Hey, Ian, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, thanks for joining. Uh, you know, truly a, uh, a a fun conversation to be had. Excited to chat about your background. We're going to talk some of the cool stuff that's going on uh, at Salesforce on the marketing cloud. Obviously, you know, you all are our amazing sponsor of the show and, and we love you dearly. Uh, but it's always fun to get under the hood a little bit and talk about some of the things that you've seen over the past year and what's coming up. Like we have Salesforce Connections coming up June 2nd. Uh, so everybody uh, can check that out, um, which is going to be really exciting. So lots of stuff going on and, uh, and we'll get into it. So how did you get first started in marketing? Yes, for me, marketing. Um, you know, I. It's funny as a as a kid growing up, like I've always thought about marketing. I've always thought about advertising. Um, I was always sort of very sensitive to what I thought was good or bad marketing and advertising. And um, you know, but I didn't grow up thinking, "Hey, I want to be a marketer." I actually wound up uh, kind of getting there um, through a series of different experiences. And for me, you know, I started out actually in business development, working in the CPG space and the high tech space. And I wound up working very closely with marketing, but I was very aligned with sales. And in many cases, I had to do sort of my own guerrilla marketing within those uh, business development programs. And over time, it actually led me to have the opportunity to get into product marketing specifically. And I started getting into the trend of consumerized B2B products, so like freemium products and entry point products from the enterprise um, and had some great experiences in productivity tools and releasing new business mobile apps. I wound up then taking that into uh, actually mobile app development for for brands to do storytelling with social influencers. 
And that actually started really getting me into data because there was a lot of questions uh, during that period about how do we measure the success and the effectiveness and the resonance of this new type of marketing. And so about five years ago, I started really getting into marketing data and analytics and really got kind of obsessed and really interested in all the different product capabilities, the data-driven community, um, and all the different you know, aspects of digital transformations taking place. So, you know, nowadays I'm really thinking a lot about, you know, how to leverage data to create marketing that's really interesting, that's really relevant to customers, but is also clearly tied back to what's it doing for your business and how do you sort of align different stakeholders from product teams and sales teams and marketing teams, service teams on on strategy and using data as a way to do that. So that's my uh, little story in a nutshell there. Yeah, and we're going to get super deep into into data and some of the things um, that Salesforce has recently published uh, on uh, on some marketing trends, uh, as as the podcast name suggests. And I'm I'm excited to chat, you know, kind of deep dive into some of the some of the data for marketers. You're currently the VP of Product Marketing at Salesforce Marketing Cloud. Can you tell us a little bit more about the scope of your role? Oh yeah, it's. Um... It's a really fun mission and assignment. Um, I have an amazing team that, um, that that works with me closely every single day. You know, and our mission is really focused on the marketer, uh, both B2C and B2B, and in many cases, both, because uh, both models are operating many times today in sync with each other. But, you know, a product marketing organization, like the one that I lead up, our, you know, sort of area of expertise is really around the product, its capabilities, what's existing, what's launching, tying that together with go-to-market strategy, uh, really working hard to uh, simplify messaging and positioning that everyone can understand, um, and then working really closely hand-in-hand with a lot of other functions um, within the business. So we work closely with our campaigns teams, our field marketing teams, sales programs and sales, events, digital marketing experiences, you know, creative, AR, PR communities. Um, so we're in the middle of a lot of different things going on. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, we're really working to sort of tell the story of the capabilities that are now available in market, doing that through the stories of our customers uh, many times and doing that at sort of a broad, you know, marketing cloud level across all the capabilities, as well as like the specialized areas uh, of each component as well. So keeps us certainly very busy and the space is always moving. So there's always something new to launch. There's always something new to learn. Yeah. And you, you came to this role via, uh, Datarama, um, which, uh, obviously as the, as the name, uh, applies, uh, is it Datarama or Datarama? It's, uh, it's up to you. Both are, uh, both currencies are totally fine. And I hear both on a daily basis, you know, globally around the world. So Datarama, Datarama, um, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, tomato, tomato, whatever or, you prefer. Or Pardot and Pardo. Uh, <laughs> yes. We always loved uh, joking about uh, all the different, when we had Adam Blitzer on, he was talking about all the different things that, that Pardo, Pardot, part, you know, all these different things were called over the years. It's pretty hilarious. Shout out to all the Pardot people out there. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about like kind of what that role was, uh, what was that like, you know, shifting from being primarily focused on that to Marketing Cloud? Yeah, so there were some things that were actually pretty similar, I guess. 
So Datarama, I say Datarama, by the way, um, Datarama, I joined Datarama back in 2016, uh, in the beginning of, of the year that year. And, you know, the reason I joined the company was one, I saw they had really unique and impressive, powerful technology um, that was very differentiated in the market, specifically how it used AI um, was, was really unique and different. But additionally to the product, we were very customer centric. We were really community based and we really valued all of our different team members and employees. It was one of those, you know, sort of top places to work as an up and coming um, startup in the, in the New York scene. So, you know, all of those kind of DNA components, like the AI, the innovation, the customer centricity, the, the really kind of out there um, positive uh, values around each employee, those all made it a really easy transition into Salesforce because those are all shared um, values at Salesforce as well. I think what was really interesting was just seeing how to sort of expand the opportunity to democratize marketing data and analytics to so many more companies. You know, when you're in a up and coming startup, you have, you know, less resources, you don't have as much uh, coverage. And so you have to prioritize to a greater degree, you know, at Salesforce, now we have the opportunity um, with that capability set to just reach every market, you know, around the world, every industry, uh, every sort of level of company um, so it's been really interesting to learn, you know, how to take a technology that was already really hot in the market and just bring it to so many more different folks around the world um, from so many different walks of life. So it's been uh, certainly a big process of scale, but it's been exciting just to see all the new faces and voices um, in the community around marketing analytics and data um, come together. Yeah. You know, anytime you hear those type of acquisitions, you always think about, how, you know, the, the kind of classic M&A kind of discussion, that buyer build discussion that, that you often hear, uh, you think about, oh, wow, now this is either a technology that you can integrate into a, into a core product. Is it a technology that you, that you spin out as a new product? Uh, is it something that, you know, now your sales leaders can, or sales teams can, can cross sell and upsell? Like, you know, kind of how does that thing look? And I think one of the cool things about Datarama and, and being integrated into marketing cloud is like, it's kind of seemed like it was such a perfect fit. Um, so I'm just curious, like, how did, how did that integration, you know, go for you to, to be able to kind of bring those two things, uh, together? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the really nice thing was uh, coming into Salesforce. First of all, it was a very welcoming experience. Um, it, it kind of felt like you had come home to a whole bunch of friends that you'd never met before. And so the vibe was very, very positive. It was very, everyone was very curious and interested and very happy to have this kind of analytic capability coming um, into the cloud. So it just felt really great um, joining on with Salesforce. And, you know, over time, I think. There was kind of two big, you know, aspects of um, just you know going forward, and one was around you know integration, and that's both at a people level and a technology level, but also education because you know this is it's its own universe, right? If you're if you really get into data analytics, it has so much depth to it. There's a lot happening in it, and so it's been a very exciting kind of process to not only have the opportunity to scale the business, but you know, we've done a lot of um, education internally together for everyone to sort of understand what is this space and, and how big it's getting and how fast it's moving. 
But I think, you know, some of the call outs that I would say were important milestones in actually bringing the products together, you know, right when we joined on, um, we worked with um, the, the Einstein AI team um, to start bringing that AI functionality more into Datarama. We had already had some, but we, um, we enhanced that with Salesforce, um, which really helped kind of go beyond just, you know, visualizing information and helping people kind of pinpoint where's that important needle in a stack of many needles? Where should I prioritize? What's significant? You know, what's that data-driven decision that I can make today? So that was an exciting uh, development right out of the gate. Um, and then we did a lot of great integrations um, with Sales Cloud for our B2B customers, for optimizing marketing into the acquisition funnel. Um, we did really great uh, integrations with Marketing Cloud, email and mobile and Pardot. Last year, we did a great integration with Tableau, so you can mix and match your marketing and enterprise analytics together. And then this year, we've been really embarking on kind of extending analytics all the way through all the different uh, platforms within the marketing cloud. So we we just uh, released um, a new reporting and insight uh, suite for, uh, for marketing cloud email and mobile that's actually in the uh, messaging and journeys product set there. Um, we're going to expand that into more products. So, you know, you can use Datarama now standalone as you've always been able to, but you can also now to start accessing it in all different other types of Salesforce marketing cloud systems. So yeah, it's been just a kind of an amazing ride and there's just always that next opportunity to make analytics and data more accessible, faster, easier, and, and something that becomes part of everyone's sort of day-to-day workday. I mean, that's really the goal is just to make that data-driven culture something that you, you know, can rely on and evolve over time. Yeah. So, so what is, what's kind of the state of, uh, of some of these, you know, marketing analytics trends, you know, Salesforce recently published, um, this research report, uh, you know, obviously there's, um, every single marketer is trying to figure out how to integrate data, uh, into what they're doing, uh, in, in a, in a more value added way, in a way that, you know, becomes more predictive. That's, you know, that is, um, you know, accelerating what they're trying to do. So, um, yeah, what's, what's the state of, of where this is all at, uh, right now? Yeah, in fact, um, we've been publishing some research um, on these questions that you're talking about here, which is, you know, sort of what is top of mind out there? What's trending? Um, and it's helpful to kind of look at some of these trends as a whole um, to understand, you know, what should be prioritized in the business today. And, you know, one of them that I think is really interesting is, you know, on the starting with the customer first, which is always the, the best place to start you know, about 88% of customers today are expecting companies to accelerate their digital initiatives coming out of COVID-19. And, you know, we're all seeing this, right, as everyday consumers, right, with curbside pickup, online ordering. Uh, I know that I've gotten into those habits now. And even as the pandemic starts or continues to recede, like, you know, as a digital first consumer, I'm going to take a lot of those things with me um, into the future and brands are going to continue to support those. Same thing on the B2B side, right? A lot more in terms of digital events, podcasting, right? Is exploding as well. Social commerce. So there's been a big trend towards uh, prioritizing a single source of truth for customer. 60% of marketers today are saying that is a number one imperative for them. 
because if you don't know who your customer is, it's very difficult to create a human personalized relationship, basically, right? Um, and, and as marketers, the data is sort of what leads us to understand what our customers are asking for. Um, so there's a big trend around that. There's also, I think, a lot of expectation today around you know, use of that data, personalization. About 52% of consumers and business buyers expect you know, for their offers to always be personalized. You know, more than two-thirds expect companies to understand their personal needs. So again, it goes back to that single source of truth. How do you know your customer? But then, not only that, do you have the right connections in place to use that information. So, you know, there's a lot of discussion right now around sort of the connected experience or the connected set of moments, right? That build a relationship and kind of moving away from thinking about independent channels or even, you know, across different devices and things like that. It's really thinking about how do we orchestrate a cohesive, personalized customer experience that, you know, may start, online in a browser, may shift over into a mobile app, may then pick up you know, from an inbox, may then have a touch point that follows through SMS text. You may be checking out online through an e-commerce, and then you're interacting with a chatbot for service. Right? This is sort of the holy grail is connecting that entire digital journey together. And really for the first time, it's, it's, it's actually something you can really do and you know, with that, it's really interesting to see how CMOs are, are thinking about this today because it's not just a marketing conversation, right? If you're truly thinking customer-centric, you have to think about things from the customer's point of view. And they don't think about customer, sales, commerce, service as separate experiences. It's just all one experience, right? And that's the expectation. So then the question becomes, hey, as I build my single source of truth, how do I get all of those touch points? Like, how do I get that full 360 degree view of my customer, whether they're interacting with a marketing offer or promotion, or they're interacting with sales or a commerce checkout process or a recent service uh, experience as well? So that's kind of where the battleground for, you know, really understanding the customer is shifting is to that more expanded view. And then there's a lot happening as well in, on, on the analytical side as well. And, you know, we can chat through kind of what's happening over there too, because there's a lot of questions around how do we make sense of all the data that we have as well to not only know our customer and create personalization, but we also need to make sure that all of this is driving, you know, resonance for our customers, that it's like our marketing is really connecting, as well as is this really driving the impact and the goals that we set out for our business as well. So we can chat through that too, if you like. Yeah, for sure. And you know, just to to make a finer point on one of the things you said, I I totally agree that like people don't really care. Like they don't <laughs> they don't segment themselves by you know whether they're being sold to or whether they're talking to like customer success or whether they're talking to marketing or whoever. They're just talking to your company, right? It's like, they're not going to sit there and, and segment out all of those things. Like we need to do that, but like, they don't think that way. And I think that it is so important to have like, you know, we talk about seamless a lot, but like, that is the goal, right? It is to have that seamless experience where it doesn't matter who you're talking to. They're going to understand 
where your account is at any given time, right? They're going to understand what you've been doing, how you've, you know, whether you bought the product or not, how many times you bought the product or not, how many years you've been a customer, you know, all those things. I mean, it's, it's, it's not table stakes yet, but it's, we're getting pretty close. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, you know, when you interact with, you know, like a local store, for instance, right. You know, and you come in and out and you're on a, you know, Maybe you go in there on a weekly basis and they know who you are and they say, oh, hey, how you doing? They know you're a loyal customer, et cetera. You know, that's a good feeling, right? You really feel connected together. But, you know, how do you create that, you know, at a global scale and with much bigger brands? That's that's the same feeling that you want to get is that, hey, you guys know me and you understand what my needs and preferences are. You understand how I like to be communicated with, right? What, you know, channels and so forth that I like to use. And yeah, to your point, Ian, you understand kind of where I am in the moment with with the brand. So, you know, you might understand that, you know, uh, I actually just had an example of this this week. It was actually, um, we just changed our cars on a lease, right? And so I had to uh, update my insurance and so forth. And, you know, the dealer was very helpful and got that process started for me. But I actually had to verify things with the uh, insurance carrier and so forth. And so I got a mobile message. It had a link. It allowed me to um, input some information very quickly. I was able to then hop on the phone and go through, uh, you know, completing that process. But I was very delighted by the process because I was actually doing it in the car on the way to the dealer. And, you know, I don't, you know, I was able to do that basically while I was driving. And when I talked to them, they knew who I was. They knew that the dealer had just input this. And it was like completely seamless. And by the time I got there, I was able to go pick up my car and it was like a piece of cake, easy breezy. And that kind of level of connectiveness and seamlessness and the kind of very humanized experience of it, that I'm a person, right? Not just a number really came through. And that builds those really long relationships that are are really kind of, that's the critical thing that you want to build today as a marketer in a business. It is the relationship. Yes, there's growth. Yes, there's optimization. Yes, there's near-term efficiencies and things like that. But at the top of the pyramid really is, is relationship. So let's get to the analytics piece that you were, that you were discussing. Um, what, are, what are some of the challenges around uh, data and analytics? Yeah, so this is, this is an area, as I said, I've been really, really uh, interested in and closely working in over the last five years. The marketing analytics landscape is, is a really challenging one. Um, it's like a very rocky terrain and you do not want to drive through it with sort of any old vehicle. Uh, you need to really make sure that you've got the right sort of setup uh, to get through it. And I'll talk through a little bit, just you know what, what that really looks like. And again, it kind of starts with the customer again at the center. So if you think about a marketer today wanting to be customer centric, well, one of the first prerequisites is well, you need to be where your customer is, right? You need to show up where your customers are. And that, of course, is a moving target, right? So today you think what that means, it's, well, I need to be available you know, through search. I need to obviously have my website and my mobile apps. I need to have my social presences. Um, I need to be able to um, be a part of experiences across the web and so forth. Uh, I may have affiliates as part of my strategy. But I have a whole bunch of different places that I need to be with my brand for my customer. And there's always new ones like TikTok and Snap, you know, where over the last few years, now it's Clubhouse, right? And, uh, and other ones. So it's always sort of 
inventing and reinventing and innovating. So it makes it difficult for a marketer to start understanding like how to sort of bring this all into one view. So, you know, one of the interesting stats actually from that research I mentioned, on average, marketers are using eight different channels today. So some of those that I just mentioned, like search and social and so forth, programmatic, mobile, video, et cetera. And that actually breaks out into 21 different marketing platforms to implement and operationalize their strategies. So now I've, you, know, you can think of it, it's like, if I want to understand performance, do I need to tab through 21 different platforms and try to figure out what's working, what's not? How do I compare and contrast different performances and so forth? So there's a lot of data that's in a lot of different places that describes what you're spending, what your engagement looks like, and how that is all coming together into conversion and, and your business goals as well. And you know, 80% of marketers today you know, agree that it's really important to have a cross-channel view. But what's been really hard over the last year is, is actually making that happen. And I'll let you maybe throw out some ideas or some guesses. Why do you think, you know, maybe it's difficult for marketers dealing with 21 different data sources to be able to get that sort of single view, uh, Ian, if you, if you had to throw your, uh, your, your answers out there? I do, you know, I think about this stuff all the time. I mean, and I would say, you know, first off, uh, you have to have people that are fluent in all the technologies on your team. So that's like the first part of, you know, making sure that you even, you know, know what you're talking about, that everything is integrated and all that stuff. So from mm -hmm. a team perspective, it is challenging, like, you know, to make sure that that people on your team actually know how to do that stuff. So I think one of that, one of those pieces is, is, is potentially tricky. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. Like the team aspect of it, this is a big conversation today, which is, you know, how do we kind of put the technology and skill sets together to solve through this? And the good news is, is that actually the technology is evolving to make the sort of heavy lifting around all this data stuff easier because, For sure. you know, one of the big challenges traditionally is, you know, hey, I'm a marketer. I know my message, my position, my product. I know my customer. But I may not be, for instance, like a data integration specialist, right? That's that's not what you know I've grown up to learn. And traditionally, you know, you would you know look at you know how do we do this? Let's go talk, you know, maybe with our IT colleagues. Let's go uh, and see if we can develop something that can bring all this data together. Where the market is actually moving is really simplifying all that and creating more of a customized solution for the marketing use case where there are so many different data sources and they're changing so much. So there's been a lot of innovation happening to make this more of a clicks, not code, kind of enter your credentials, pull the data in, putting things like data models, which were sort of normally blueprinted and sort of created by hand uh, using things like SQL and so forth. That's actually getting pre-created and put into products so that it's just ready to organize your data for you. And then there's things that are happening to make it easy to visualize and then go beyond that and start showing you things like AI insights about what matters and what doesn't across, you know, everything that's running to ultimately get to a place where, you know, your teams can manage this system, keep it up and running, be very agile. So as you change strategies or test and learn, your measurement can follow um, right along with it and ultimately get to a place you know, where information is everyone at everyone's fingertips, 
but you can start doing things at speed. And, you know, one of the things that I hear the most, Ian, in the market talking to customers and, you know, expressed in different ways is that, you know, the data and the analytics is just too slow. We're getting monthly reports, we're getting quarterly assessments, right? And we're getting things that are still in the rear view mirror that are telling us kind of at a surface level what happened versus seeing what's happening out in the market with my marketing and my customer and my messaging and my strategy and my tactics and my investments and actually seeing how they're playing out in flight. So I can make decisions as I'm going versus waiting to the end and not really being able to um, pivot or course correct or capitalize on things that are working or not working well. So the speed area is, is I think, one of the top places to be focusing on and really leaning into learning about how can technology lean into the skill sets that I have as a company to make sure that we get that speed that we need. Yeah, I think speed, I think you 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 nailed it there. I think speed is is one of the things that's the most critical. I think also just being predictive. I think that, you know, it's great to look at everything in hindsight as a quarter later and say, um, you know, how did this perform? And B2B really, I mean, like, that's always kind of the running joke, right? Is like what we're doing now is actually going to impact like, you know, in marketing and B2B is like next year's pipeline, right? Like right. sales cycles, all that sort of stuff, right? You know, somebody's fired up, they go to Dreamforce, you know, they're they're not yet a customer, you know, they're going to go, they're going to learn a bunch, they're going to hang out with a bunch of people or go to Salesforce Connections, like that's coming up. You know, they're going to talk to a bunch of customers, check out a bunch of customer stories, and then they're going to make that decision to buy, right? But I, and I think that you're exactly right that if we can be quicker, uh, you know, I'm, that was talking about, you know, Salesforce specific, but for your customers, if, you know, those folks are trying to figure out what's happening, you know, in real time, once you start integrating those other data sources, once you're using not just your first party data, but, you know, third party data and things like that. Once you're starting to you know complicate this whole thing, adding more and more information into this, it gets a lot more complex. And then the speed in which you want to take action on that information could be much much more immediate. Um, to say, hey, you know, how did that how did that webinar do last week? How did this you know shoe release do you know this week? Because I think you know what what you see, especially with how quickly news cycles move, how quickly media moves, how quickly content moves. You know, uh, if you if you spend a bunch of time on a, uh, I don't know, a Game of Thrones campaign and it launches six weeks after the finale, like you probably wouldn't have had a great day on that. Um, so it is important to be just in time. Yeah, I think, and the prediction piece of it, I think is right too, Ian, um, which in, in large part depends on kind of the structure, the classification, the cleanliness of your data, making sure that that sort of foundation is there so that you can do more sophisticated things with it and do it on an ongoing basis. But, you know, that can even start with just benchmarking, right? Even without getting into sophisticated predictive modeling, you know, one of the first questions that, that I always have of a number, if I don't see the benchmark is, is that a good number or a bad number, right? What's the context of that? How are we trending on that? What does that look like year over year, month over month, et cetera? So, you know, building in context to understand what the numbers really mean is super important. Being able to clearly see, you know, what are my top performing, you know, campaigns, content messages for acquisition, right? That allows me to know 
where I can be shifting and be smarter with my spend. And I think one of the really interesting areas that's opening up today is, you know, first party data and first party relationships. There's a lot more opportunity now to have a logged in experience with our customers where, you know, we're in sync through logged in web, through email, mobile communications, through again, like the service, commerce experiences, uh, et cetera. You know, that logged in experience as marketers and marketing analysts give us the opportunity to start thinking about how we measure in ways that are not just engagements, clicks, conversions, you know, on-site traffic and so forth. We can really get into what are the actual behaviors that we want to see from our customers. So you can start to tie things together like your email campaigns with specific site browsing, right? That you want to see happen, maybe in advance of a product launch. It's not even available yet, but you want to drive anticipation, right? This is very popular within media, for instance, right? It's getting exposure to the preview content or to the trailers and so forth, as well as starting to look at, you know, in lifecycle marketing, connecting those first party uh, touch points to things like lifetime value. So I'll give you, going back to my example of, you know, doing a lease with the insurance company on the car, you know, I could also become a home insurance customer. If I have an RV, I could become an RV customer. Or if I had a motorcycle, my wife and kids probably wouldn't let me. But, you know, you can really tie together all those different marketing moments to understand what actually drives my participation in the relationship in other parts of my life, right? And I can start to then tie marketing activities to things like lifetime value or propensity um, to become a richer uh, customer with the brand. So there's really a, a lot going on right now uh, within the measurement space. And I tend to think of that area right now as kind of moving to a customer-centric measurement model. I think that's something that we're all aspiring to do once we get past that point of customer acquisition. So obviously, you know, a lot of a lot of marketers are trying to figure out data uh, and their their strategy, and there's a lot of challenges uh, that that come with um, with measurement specifically. Um, but what are some of the main challenges here that you see uh, when it comes to marketers trying to figure out uh, their data and measurement? Yeah, it's that's a great question. I think. You know, as we were talking about before, you know, the marketing analytics and measurement space, it requires kind of careful, a careful look at the entire process. So one of the things I hear from customers oftentimes is we sort of start at the dashboard level or the reporting level or the insight level. And because, you know, that's where the business user experience is, that's where the value is. But you actually need to make sure that your house is order in order underneath that. And you know, so I'll share with you just a couple of stats and maybe we can talk about what it looks like when you get this right. But, you know, in talking to marketers, only 25% of marketers out there today actually have a fully automatic approach to their data prep, their data integration, how they manage the data. And they wind up spending, you know, every month, like week or several weeks, collecting, cleansing, harmonizing data, et cetera. And you sort of fall into that then that monthly cadence where you don't have data flowing every single day. And it's not sort of in one system of record where it's all organized so you can do the exciting AI capabilities on top of it. It's more like ad hoc, you know, sort of question and answer finding from a whole bunch of different systems and reports. Yeah, that sounds so familiar. Really, yeah, well, you know, I and I came from this world too. I mean, as a marketer, you know, going back over the last 
you know, 10, 15 years, these were the things that, you know, I was having to do too. It was like throwing things together in Excel. And then I would go, you know, ask our um, IT department, Hey, I need a data, data warehouse. And, you know, it's like, Hey, sorry, we're not, we're not in the, uh, we don't have the bandwidth to do that right now. We don't really have the bandwidth to support it. Now there's all these marketer friendly tools uh, like those in marketing cloud where, you know, I could just hook up the data integration with a couple clicks. The modeling is done for me. I can go and create my own dashboards. I can answer my own questions and I've got AI there telling me, you know, what I should be looking at and what my team should be focusing on. So the world has changed a lot, but you have to start with that foundation. You know, the companies that get that right, like one of the examples that comes to mind was IBM. And, you know, when I talked to IBM at the beginning of their journey, you know, they had been talking about the fact that, hey, we've been talking about being data-driven in our marketing for some time. We've been talking about it for several years and it's it's been all talk, right? Like we've spun up different projects, we've spun up different internal builds, but we've never been able to get sort of this gnarly beast of marketing data, you know, wrangled. And it wasn't until they used the Datarama technology from Salesforce that they were actually able to get through all the data prep and get that into a place where the data is flowing cleanly and accurately every single day, where they can then roll out a full transformation across their 5,000 marketers. And for them, you know, they reported back having, you know, plus 20% gains quarter over quarter by being able to identify non-performing campaigns and spend and shifting that on the fly to those programs and those activities that are actually generating better business outcomes. And so they wound up becoming a very proactive sort of lean in data-driven organization. And, you know, years later now they're doing even more advanced things, but, you know, they really talked about that, that story of you have to get the foundation correct and then you get to the business value and the ROI. Um, we at Salesforce went through the same process too. I mean, we have you know more than eighty different data sources uh, that represent where we interact with our customers across all the different product lines and capabilities at Salesforce. And you know we suffered as well from small teams, you know, working with the data uh, and analytics, you know, being sort of overwhelmed by ad hoc requests for this report or this question or I need an insight on that. You know, it would take weeks to get back to people because you had to do a lot of heavy lifting to figure it out with the data. Nowadays, this data is just on avail. It's it's on demand. It's like Netflix. You could just go in, log in, see it. You can see how your campaigns are performing. If you have a question, you can collaborate right there and ask a question, drill a little bit deeper. And you know, this is really what the future is: is that data isn't this thing that you look at every now and then. It's just something that becomes part of your everyday workflow. And now looking forward, you know, for me, as I continue to, you know, sort of look at data, not only as something that we can optimize performance by, but also think strategically about, I have found that having this resident data where I might not be looking at a specific campaign, I might be looking at spend across project, you know, products and regions and sort of the bigger picture, it becomes so valuable in those conversations that you have with your peers to get all aligned on making a decision because you can all feel confident in the data that you have together and you all trust that data and you're able to ask the right questions and make a decision and do it you know, fairly quickly. So the more and more I work with data as a marketer myself, I realize that it's not just the technology, it's not just the data, but it's making sure that it's always there to support 
the decisions and the collaboration that's going on um, at the people level with me and my team and my peers. Let's get into our lightning round. These questions are fast and easy, just like marketing with Salesforce. I don't need to tell you this. You literally work on the product. Um, but for our listeners, discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM that is Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. Lightning round questions. Jay, are you ready? I'm ready. Let me buckle up. Number one. Do you have a favorite TV show, book, or podcast that you've been binging recently? Oh, yeah. I think uh, these days, um, I've actually been going back through a lot of my old um, Portlandia episodes. I feel like I just needed a laugh in the last year. So I went back to some sort of old trusted favorites and revisited some old episodes and seasons that uh, gave me a good chuckle. So I think everybody's needed a little bit of lightheartedness over the last year. If you weren't in marketing, what do you think you'd be doing? Uh, I'd definitely be in um, like on a stage music. Music is my other love. I've been a guitar player since I've been 10. Uh, I played uh, somewhat professionally after college and so forth before doing marketing. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love, I'd love to uh, have a second life as a rock star on the, on, on the road if I could. What is your advice for a first time head of marketing? So my advice for a first time head of marketing, I mean, this is the way that I like to do it. So um, the first thing that I look out for is my team. So the well-being of my team is the number one thing. And the trust of my team is the number one thing that I focus on first. Um, marketing these days is kind of always on, it's kind of nonstop. So, you know, really watching out for burnout and, you know, helping everyone prioritize. There's just so many opportunities in digital today that it can also be kind of overwhelming. So being there to support your team is really important. Um, the next thing that I look at is, you know, how do we sort of tie together not all, not, not all the little capabilities, but sort of the big picture. What is the big promise, right? That your brand offers really crystallize that and make sure that everybody, all your aligned stakeholders understand it as well. So your peers in service, in sales, all of your different constituencies within marketing, getting all aligned on what the mission and purpose um, through your marketing is, is super important. And then the number three area that I really like to look at is just really digging into the numbers and understanding how the business operates, where the revenue comes from, who the customers are, what are the top capabilities in the community that they really like, like really jumping into the data to understand where that sort of fit between your products and the market is happening. So again, you can really um, prioritize and communicate more clearly with all your different uh, stakeholders in the organization and back up your strategies with kind of clear data and clear numbers that everyone can uh, understand. Well, Jay, it's been awesome having you on the show. Thanks so much for joining. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, any final thoughts, anything to plug? I mean, the, the only other thing I would say is, um, you know, always keep your customer at the center of everything. That's the most important thing. So uh, if you're doing that already today, wonderful. If you feel like, you know, hey, we need to do a better job at getting closer to our customer, don't delay it. That is probably the most important thing you can do today as a marketer is just invest in really knowing your customer. Everything after that will flow more and more seamlessly, more human 
humanistically and so forth, you know, and, and take that as a data-driven journey and take that all the way through, not only knowing your customer, but understanding the performance of your business as well. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining. Take care. Thanks a lot, Ian. Great to be here. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM, Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey. Salesforce, we bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, The messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.